Welcome to the Body Electric Podcast, episode 24. Uh, it's June 26, 2017. My name is Nathan Hiltz, and I'm your host. And today's guest is the amazing electric guitarist, Alex Goodman. Alex Goodman uh, is from Canada originally, uh, but he's been down in New York for a bunch of years. Uh, and he's just a really hardworking composer, uh, arranger, and improviser that's really pushing a lot of boundaries and uh it was really my pleasure to have him here he was only in town for a few days uh for the toronto jazz festival and uh we found an hour uh this afternoon to uh to play some music uh yeah so i really hope you enjoy the chat uh, if you'd like to hear more podcasts uh you can visit my website which is www.nathanhiltz.com uh, it's also available on itunes and, um, yeah, if you'd like to see me perform, uh, really the best thing you can do is uh, add me as a friend on Facebook. Because uh, that's the only place that I really consistently will tell people about where I'm playing. And, and really the things that I'm excited to be doing, I, I always make sure that I, I mention them there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, be my friend. I would like to be your friend. And I'd love to see you out at one of the gigs. Um, anyway... I really hope you enjoy the chat that me and Alex had. I, I really learned a lot, and I think that uh, it's really going to be the kind of chat that changes the direction that uh, I practice for a while. So, uh, And I hope that you get some benefit out of it, too. Um, so thanks a lot. Enjoy the show, and, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. But, Alex, how's it going, man? Good to see you. Great to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so great. much for taking the time to hang. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. It's great. Oh, man. How, how long are you in town for? So I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay, mm, short wow. trip, but yeah, uh, yeah. great, yeah, cool. And uh, you know, let me see here, make sure that we're good. Okay, mm -hmm. cool, yeah. So, you're in town for some things at Jazz Fest, yeah. yeah. So, I did, uh, I came up, well, I brought a band, and uh, we were putting out a CD, so we did a show at the Rex, and then I played with Amanda Tossoff's band the next day in Yorkville, mm -hmm. and then I just wanted to have a day or two to just see family and catch up with friends and just be here so that's been really nice awesome that's yeah, great i'm actually really just realizing there's a little hair growing out on my face oh right <laughs> great now did you grow up in toronto i did grow up in okay. toronto and yeah. then montreal for a little bit right mm -hmm. yeah okay, cool mm -hmm. yeah. yeah sweet so uh has it been much of an adjustment uh moving to new york it must be a huge adjustment. it was yeah, yeah. um yeah, it's a pretty overwhelming thing to do at first, so it definitely takes time to get used to it. I've been there for five years now. Wow. So I know, time flies. Um, crazy. So it feels, yeah, more comfortable, settled, kind of makes sense. Um, but, sorry, excuse me, in the first two years in particular, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard adjustment. It's right. A, it's a different place. It's overwhelming. You must have had uh, maybe fewer gigs for the first little while. Yeah, pretty definitely. Tight. Yeah, I mean, for the first year, I was barely doing anything. Ah. Um, that must have been hard, like on. Your I mean, you know, I had a an easier transition. I did school, so I. Um, that's probably me, uh, but yeah. Oh. Okay, so. <laughs> so I was doing my master's there, and right. um, that was a two year program. So I mean, that definitely helps when you show up. You can kind of just immerse yourself in that, mm. and, I mean, it was you know it was it was hard. Um, I had some some savings, so they definitely blew through pretty quickly. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. It's pretty easy to that do. That city is highly effective at removing you with the, of your money. It is, <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're going to clubs and all that. Yeah, yeah, especially like if you're. Yeah, I mean anything that the city has kind of figured out is remotely touristy is just way overcharged. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can kind of find a way to do things where it's you know like any other city, it's expensive, but it's it's doable. But mm. there's just so many things in the city that are very. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, that was hard in some ways. I actually kind of, um, appreciated and liked the taking a step back from playing professionally just because I really wanted to be focusing on doing school and also just practicing a lot and, and just mm. kind of getting my feet wet in the scene and not jumping into it too quickly. Mm. I also kind of realized that, uh, while I was in school and I had kind of relocated and was going through that kind of transition time. Um, that was probably the last time where I would just be um, in a situation where I did have that much disposable time. Mm. You know, I didn't know that many people, um, and you know, I definitely wasn't working when I first moved there, and I kind of welcomed that at the same time. And it was cool to just be able to kind of focus on music and mm. 
also just focus on getting comfortable in, in the new city. Right. So, yeah. so what was the, the nature of like uh, the work you were doing at the school? At, mm-hmm. at, it was Manhattan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um, there was a lot of different things. It's a pretty well-rounded program. I tried to seek out some of the compositional stuff. So I did a bunch of arranging and um, composing and did some stuff with classical composers. And for me, a highlight was Jim McNeely offered a course where you could write for what they called a studio orchestra, which was like a big band and kind of like a philharmonic orchestra, which was really cool. And then at the end of the semester you'd actually have it played so mm. that was great i'd never written for orchestra before mm. it was a lot of work it was pretty intense yeah. um so there was that that was great um dave liebman kind of structured the master's program around his traumatic concept and i really enjoyed that i thought it was i thought it was great i i appreciated um just having kind of like a clear method and um a kind of pedagogical idea of getting across someone's concept, jazz concept. So influential, right? That Lieben chromatic concept. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's cool. And it's very methodical mm-hmm. and they kinda take you through it throughout the two years and, and I liked that. And does it work for guitar, you say? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it works for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean at its root it's a pretty simple concept. It's mm-hmm. basically just super imposition. Yeah. It's just playing things on things. Yeah. It'd be super technical. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's true. It's so true. Um Cool. And uh, is that something you still work on, would you say? No, no. Not, I mean, I may be aware of it. I think it opened up my ears, and I think um, it was well thought out, and it was great. And I did work on it a lot, and it changed my playing. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've been maybe focusing on different things, and I think that's okay, too. I think it was, it was great, um, and I really I liked it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Something that always stumped me about that is that it's sort of up to you to bring the material mm-hmm. that, that you then to the reharmonization right. process there. So, right. So mm-hmm. I was always a little bit stuck with that. It kinda, I, I tried to work with that book. Yeah. You know, I, w- I always kind of wish that I had been able to take that. Yeah, of course. course that he did, yeah. You know? No, it's true, though. I mean, it can get, and I mean, by the end of the Masters, I mean, it's essentially just 20th century classical composition. Mm. Um, you're just kind of in a world of, you know, atonal composers and looking at things kind of from a different um, angle. But at the same time, like the basic concepts that are presented in the in the book and his teachings um, of just kind of like taking harmony and then thinking about what you can layer on top of that, mm-hmm. there's kind of a range of how inside or outside it is. And that is kind of up to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it, whether you're taking harmony that's coming out of atonal composers and is way out there even if there is a logic to it and you understand how you're resolving mm-hmm. you can also do something that's very tonal but still a superimposed harmonic mm-hmm. progression right, right so that actually interested me too it was cool to think about some of those things also mm-hmm. like that it's not always super out it's just an idea of layering harmony yeah yeah, yeah. interesting um and so did you have much interaction or have you had much interaction with people from other schools yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, is it clicky? Like, Toronto's a little clicky, right? We have a bit of a U of T, Thunder, yeah. York thing. Kind of I mean, you know, it's lot. it's funny. Like, I I loved my master's. I got a lot out of it. It was great. Um, I don't know if I've ever really identified myself with the school I've been at. Whoa. Um, there comes the thunder. Wow. That, that was, was intense. a huge thunder. It's like, like a bomb or something. Oh, wow. my gosh. Um... Yeah, there was definitely interaction between schools. I mean, you know, the players that I play with, I think it's a mix of people who went to the different schools in mm-hmm. New York. Um, right. And I think the people that I play with now didn't weren't necessarily the musicians that I went to school with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, school gives you time to integrate into the city and definitely create a community and a network. But I think, you know, you can start branching out further than that. Um, and ultimately it's just a, it's a place to learn and it's kind of a drop in the bucket of, you know, learning and playing music. Right. Um, did you study with guitarists? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I also studied with a lot of other musicians too. I really kind of tried to diversify and study with as many people as possible, Mm. which was cool. It was great. I really enjoyed that. Like I tried to do as much as possible with Jim McNeely, which was great. I really learned a lot from him. Uh, Phil Markowitz, John Riley. Uh, classical
gospel composer Jay Mark Stambaugh. Um, I studied with guitarists uh, Chris Rosenberg and Rodney Jones. And yeah, that was that was great. Um, everybody really brought something different, and it was it was very helpful for me. I got, I got a lot out of it. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, let's play a tune, sure. and then uh, and then we can. Cool. Uh, what do you feel like uh, playing first? Why don't we do uh, everything I love? Let's do it. Yeah. Thank you. 
You yeah. sound so beautiful. You do. Oh my god. That's great. I wish we were doing video. I mean, I wish people could see like the way oh. you play the guitar. <laughs> There's like a real physical, natural physical thing happening. Oh, you know? interesting. Like, I don't know. It's hard to, like, just the way you touch the guitar and kind of, you're, you're just sucking a lot of sounds out of it. Huh. Is that something you think of at all, or maybe yeah. that's a weird question to ask? No, no, it is. I mean, I, it I isn't. It isn't. Like, actually, it's something I've been thinking about. It's a hard thing to define. It's weird. Like, I. It's hard to define for yourself, like, kind of, like, what your approach is or something, or what defines it, um, or to even be aware of it. So, I don't know, like, there, I think there is something natural that I can't really pinpoint. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I, like, the first word that comes to mind for me is graceful. Like, I, okay. I feel like a, nice. really, this really connection to the guitar that's just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that word. I'll yeah, take yeah. it. <laughs> um, I mean, I do think about... You know, like the setup on the instrument for me oh, is really? part of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I like the instrument to feel a certain way that's kind of particular. Um, I like kind of like high action and pretty heavy strings. Mm -hmm. Do you like, know like the millimeter? Like, do you know how? Yeah, well, I've changed over time. I, yeah. I think right now I'm... So when I first started doing it, I was using... I think I was going like a 15 on top to like a 62 or something. So pretty high. I've gone down, I think I'm kind of using just like a regular 14 gauge set now. Mm -hmm. um, but I like the action high. I brought it to a really good um, guitar tech in New York who's done a lot of acoustic art shops mm -hmm. without pickups. So they actually kind of like, they really project. And um, I had him set up the guitar once and I really liked it. So I've kind of kept it around there right. with kind of a higher action. What, uh, what brand strings do you use? Uh, Dario. <laughs> I just ordered sets yeah. of yeah. So yeah, all it's the green pack, right? Isn't the thing green? I don't even heavies? know. That's yeah, maybe. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for a long time, I was like just buying individual strings. I'd have like yeah. I think it was like I kind of settled for a while. I was like fourteen, nineteen, and then like like sixes, like twenty six, thirty six, something like that. Yep. Um, and then I was like, there were two before that when I had like the sixty two. The reason why I stopped was because it actually like got stuck in the bottom in uh, the tailpiece. Of the guitar, yeah, yeah. I had to bring it. Um, I was in Toronto actually. I had like a recording session, and this is when I was in New York. And I was like, this is a problem. So I went to string the guitar, and I couldn't get it out. So I brought it somewhere, and they literally like took like a sledgehammer and a chisel, and they were like pushing it out because it was like so stuck. So I was like, I think I'm going to go. That was the, yeah, yeah. That was the catalyst yeah. for changing. Right, right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the reason why I like it, like, I think there's a thick sound that you get. And then just in terms of touch, like, there's a little bit more range before you're going to choke out on the string. Right. So it's nice. Into like, range of uh, actual dynamics. Well, you can play it pretty strong. Yeah. You yeah. can really, like, lay into the guitar, and you're not going to be getting a bad sound by overplaying. Mm. Which you, I mean, I probably am overplaying, but you know, <laughs> high action and high More strings helps know. a little bit. Right, right. Um, I also just like settled on that a while ago because I was doing a record here, and um, this is a while ago. So I started this probably about like six, seven years ago because I was at Canterbury, and this my high E string broke, and David Occupinci was there, and he just randomly had a fifteen gauge string, right. and I think I was playing like. 13 like just like a normal set like yeah and then he only had a 15 i was like well i guess i have to put it on because that was the only string and just didn't want to interrupt the session so put that on top and it was like weird and hard but i was like i kind of like it like it mm. made the old guitar i was playing sound a lot better mm -hmm. which actually i think i bought from you did buy that you. yeah wow. in tacoma yeah, that yeah, might have yeah. been where I first met you. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. That, that, crazy. Was, that was at a guitar uh, ring uh, store called Ring Music. Right? Yeah, and that was an interesting guitar. It was a guitar yeah. that had been in the store for quite a while. Yeah, and it didn't sell. I mean, it was these Tacoma art shops that had the sound hole on the upper bow. Right? Yeah, was that where it was? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was deeply discounted, I think. And, yeah, and it was yeah. a funny thing too. Like it was just like one of these situations that like kind of coincidence led to something that kind of was like sort of pivotal. Like mm -hmm. I played that guitar for a long time. Mm -hmm. Car but nice carved art shop. I great. Mean, great I wish they had, yeah. they, they had gone on, but I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what they're doing. Now. Yeah. And um, I actually ended up at Ring Music because I thought that it was 12th fret. I don't know why. Right. I was like, yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to 12th fret. And I thought that was the 12th fret. Right. This might have, actually, you know what? This wasn't 7th. This was like 
This was a long time ago. This was like ten years ago, at least. Probably. Yeah, you were yeah. you with your mom. I was really young. Yeah, I was. <laughs> you were with your mom. I, was, I wasn't even. I'm a few years older than you. Yeah. I think, you know? <laughs> that was one of my. I was yeah, a first minor. jobs in Toronto. Yeah, I remember yeah. this like this kid coming in with sick chops. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you you got to play this carved guitar. Here. Yeah, this would be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was that was some time ago. I mean, that was my first jazz guitar. Oh wow. Yeah, I was playing a Les Paul before that. Crazy. So, I was like, oh, I guess I should get a guitar and yeah. ended up there, and that was cool. And, right. um, yeah, I still have that guitar. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Except so it's on reverb. I'm selling it, so. Yeah. Okay. If anyone EMG, wants to... EMG pickups? Yeah. There? Yeah, it's still the same yeah. thing. And now the calling fans. What a yeah. nice guitar. I love it, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, lo- I mean, I love the Tacoma. It's a really cool instrument, mm-hmm. and, um, it had a character to it from being just like a different kind of concept. Like they had made mostly acoustics mm. and I liked how that kind of got into their archtop design. Mm. It, it had this kind of like flat top sort of sound. Um, and once I started using the heavier strings, I, I just really liked the thing. But then I started, yeah, I started playing Collins and I just, I just really liked it a lot. Right. It's kind of everything I was looking for. It's just, a, it's a very, Bill Collins really knows what he's doing. It's a very like refined process in making the guitars. It's mm. it's pretty sophisticated, and it's just um, they have a pretty unique tonal quality that I've heard from any of the guitars of theirs that I've played. Mm. That's actually interesting. Like that's on this model, the East Side, or um, I've even kind of gotten the same vibe of sound from their Thin Lines, or like they have like a three thirty five type model, mm. and it still has this thing, which is this kind of acoustic quality that I liked in the Tacoma, mm. which is why I, I just kind of. Yeah, I just found some of the things that I really like. Mm. So. And uh, the that's a stock pickup on there, isn't it? Is yeah, this is what they come with oh, now. Okay. Yeah, it's like a Lawler Charlie Christian. Oh, okay, cool. Which is just a great. You used to do a Charlie Christian in your telly, right? Yeah, I still yeah, do. Yeah. Oh, you still yeah. do that? Okay, cool. So it's same pickup. Um, yeah, it's great. Is I that really a contact mic on there as well? It is. Yeah, yeah. I have an iShell contact mic. Oh, okay. Um, I've experimented with a bunch of stuff. I also have had a Realist pickup, like the one that a lot of bass players use. They oh, make yeah. an Archshop model. I've had that on there. I just took it off. Um, but yeah, I've been using the iShell through a preamp sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it makes your life kind of a drag. <laughs> it's like, it's complicated. Right. You, you need a lot of gear. Well, yeah. actually... So what I was always looking for was to have some acoustic signal mm-hmm. in the sound, and it's a hard thing. The technology's like not quite there because you know you could. I have a DPA mic, but that's not going to work when you're playing with drums or yeah. anything. I mean, maybe if you're on an enormous stage and you're a mile away from everyone, you could pull it off, mm-hmm. and it's going to the you know front of house speakers with the sound and non monitors. Great sound guys that know them. Yeah, uh, sometimes I bring it if there's sound guys doing, but it's it's tough. I mean, there is feedback. So the iShell, I found this because it's actually like encased in putty, so it doesn't feedback. Mm. Um, and it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds okay. really good. Sweet. And I run it through just like I have a, it's called like an RMP, really nice preamp. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, either, it's, it really does work best like on kind of concert situations with a sound guy and sound mm-hmm. team where you can kind of feed it to them and do that. Right. Or what I like to do sometimes is just have two amps. Again, making my life very difficult. Yeah. And most of the time, I've, I've actually gotten to a point where I used to be a, like, I mean, I am a gear junkie, but I used to, like, oh, this is my amp, and, like, bring it, and, like, carry 80 pounds, and mm. now I'm playing, like, I will play any amp at any club, Yeah, I'm not, I'm I'll bring, you know, maybe a pedal. <laughs> yeah, I love it when a club has an amp with a working reverb. Yeah. It's my favorite thing in the world. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It just, I mean, you know, my back starts to hurt, and my shoulder, I can feel it, so I just kind of have to yeah. monitor that. Guitar can really be a casino for yeah. the body. Totally, yeah. But the yeah the contact mic's great because it does do that, um, and it works live. It doesn't feedback. You have both. Uh, and then in the studio, sometimes what I like to do is just like put a nice mic in front of the guitar mm-hmm. and use that U forty seven something like that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Something directional, so it doesn't you know pick up too much of the other stuff. So have you been doing any uh, recording? Yeah. Recently? Yeah. 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 What have you been working on? Um. Doing some other people's records, um, so that's been cool, and I put out a CD, actually the reason why I'm here is I was doing like a s- couple CD release shows and putting out a record, right. or I did this weekend. Wow, so. congratulations. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we recorded last April, so it's over a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really happy with it, it's a band of guys from New York that I've played a lot with down there, and mm-hmm. it's a blast, yeah, we're all, that's great. We're all so, pretty so good quartet, friends. Right? And, quartet? 
Uh, Quintet. Quintet. Yeah. 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 So a lot of those guys are kind of the guys that I started playing with shortly after getting there, and it's mm. been nice to kind of develop something over five years. And mm. It's uh, it's great. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. with so, it. So uh, is it all your original music? Yeah, this yeah. is all all original music. Yeah. 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 Well, let's play something else. Then. Okay. Let's do something let's else. Let's play something else. Yeah. What are we gonna play? Uh, how about the uh, the ballad? Sure. You're, you're talking about uh, someone to watch over. Yeah. 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 Might just check the tuning in this sure. weather.
really, really cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, sorry uh, for messing up the bridge there. That oh, slow no tempo, and there I go double time. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Oh, fair enough. I feel bad. Oh. Yeah. So, um, I gotta ask you about yeah. the uh, two lines at once. I mean, okay. it's like you're improvising two people at the same time so often. Trying. It's, it's I don't know. So incredible, and and I've actually seen some videos you post mm -hmm. online where you're playing uh, fugues and, and yeah, that kind of thing. Working on it. So yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Well. I don't know, it's just something I've been drawn to. I mean, maybe it's from uh, checking out a lot of classical composition. The contrapuntal aspect to it has always been interesting to me. Mm. And it's just kind of, I mean, also hearing uh, jazz piano players, especially in 2017, where that's just an aspect of the playing, post Brad Meldau or whatever, where, you know, in New York, I'm just hearing guys all the time who have fluency with both hands, and it's mm -hmm. just something I've, I love and I've wanted to try and do on guitar. Unfortunately, right. it's hard. But it's yeah, uh, super hard. I mean, you know, I think of um, <laughs> the guitar players that have tried to play Bach on, mm -hmm. the, on the guitar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to play even the most, like, kind of simplest Bach piano piece yeah. is so labor-intensive. Of course. It's hard. It's oh, very. It's crazy. You know? It is. But, so, yeah, it's rewarding, though. And, yeah, um, well, clearly. And it's, uh, well, I mean, I feel like a, an infant in this world. Like, it's, um, I'm really, we're, I'm working on it now, but it's, wow. It's, mm. It is tough, and um, I'm trying to just develop my ears to hear two things at once and be mm. able to do more than just kind of mechanical, you know, yeah. patterns or anything, like, right. you know, or just like, you know, a mechanical way of playing two mm. lines. Um, so, yeah, I've really been working on, I mean, the Bach conventions are great for that. Mm. Just been trying to practice some um, uh, just basic ideas and being able to hear them against each other kind of like a mm -hmm. canon sort of thing right um i've uh, i wrote a book of etudes well actually when i was doing my master's um the teacher i had in my first year chris rosenberg uh he i guess we talked about this and he knew that it was an interest of mine so he encouraged me to write a collection of etudes that worked on playing counterpoint on the guitar so i did that i wrote 11 pieces um that each one i kind of identified something that i couldn't do or seemed like a challenge on the instrument mm -hmm. and i specifically focused on that and wrote a piece around it. Right. And then a lot of the time what I would do would be that I found uh, a simple concept and I would try to be thorough with it, so I would kind of examine it from a different angle. Because I like to kind of take simple source material and then be thorough with it to kind of check it out in different ways. So mm -hmm. that could be something like, well, what if I was playing um, some sort of ostinato figure with that would be a way to, that would be something that was concrete, that was like, well, that's something that I hear in basic counterpoint that maybe would be good to work on. But then instead of just writing a piece around that, then maybe I would, or I, not maybe I did, I would write a piece with a melody in what I think of as the left hand and an ostinato in the right hand. Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Or, you know, if I, anything that I could come up with, I would kind of try to flip around so that I was being thorough with the idea mm -hmm. and um, approaching it from different sides. I love it when a tune has like a one sentence sort of idea. Yeah. You, know, you can kind of take that idea and then write that tune. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a thesis you can write. Yeah. 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 Totally. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, like that simplicity and like that kind of like elegance of, of ideas and organization really comes through in, in mm. music and, and kind of, I mean, anything else artistic. I think it's very important. So that's mm -hmm. something that I'm kind of work, trying to work toward. I think the etude yeah. is a wonderful vehicle too. It is. I think it's been kind of put aside uh, for the jazz guitarists yeah. a little bit lately. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, for classical guitarists, uh, I mean, all the great composers have their etudes yeah. that present their techniques and and are kind of the field upon which they work out the techniques. Yeah. You know, which is, I think, it's just a beautiful yeah. way to transmit information. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's it's good, and it was definitely very helpful for me. I think that really helped me to at least come up with a kind of general idea of how I was going to approach playing that kind of language mm. on the guitar. So, you know, it helped me think about, okay, well, what's my right hand technique? And be um, just becoming comfortable with just kind of some of those ideas. And now I'm working on, yeah, trying to play Bach. Also, maybe um, for two line material, like playing one line, singing the other. Mm. Um, so you're really forcing yourself to hear what's going on. Right. Um, zoning into intonation, stuff that can be easy to ignore on the guitar. Um, zoning in on hearing anything, which can be easy to ignore on the guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. So that's been hard, but helpful. And I'm, again, very early in this. I did, um, 
I also did actually before I moved to New York, I went to Banff and I was there for kind of a long time. I did these self-directed residencies. I just kind of wanted to practice a lot before I moved, and mm -hmm. um, this was kind of what I was focusing on. Like my, if I had a game plan, it was to kind of work on counterpoint or guitar or whatever. Right. So that was before I wrote these etudes, and that was probably the first step in like trying to think about what the approach would be. And I worked on some Bach inventions. I worked on not that it was. Um, Contrapuntal, but I worked on uh, Bach cello suites. Mm -hmm. I tried transcribing them to kind of get them in my ear. It was helpful, just for language. I mean, mm -hmm. that's I mean that's a that's a different thing. I'm kind of jumping off. No, there, no, no. For me, it was all related. It was just music I liked and was drawn to, and was trying to kind of develop something from it. Mm. Um, I like and, that you yeah. freely dipped into classical repertoire, whatever you're interested. Yeah, in. I mean, I have at times. I mean, I have to say, like the the Bach thing is pretty amazing like I you know recently was working on this first um, invention and just it's such a great exercise in focus to be able to get through that you know mm. singing one line and playing the other or playing the whole thing and also I'd be you know recording it and listening back and even when I, th I think I'd have it I'd be you know again I'd be at like a one out of ten it's just like right not even close because I think the things that are important in jazz like your feel and your touch and the things that kind of can get across immediately, those things are really under a microscope when you play something like that. Mm. Um, especially if you're really trying to play dynamically to preserve the dynamic that are written in, to play these little trills and stuff. I mean, it's just like, it's very specific mm -hmm. and it's very clear when I'm listening back to myself when it's recorded when I don't like it, which mm -hmm. is pretty much most of the time. <laughs> but I'm working on it, so... Yeah. Slowly working on the second one now, which it, I, I worked on both of those when I was in Banff, but I think I'm slowing down a lot more when I practice now. I think when I practice, it's uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty focused time where I'm really trying to um, do things I can't do and and really find things that are working my brain as I practice. So mm -hmm. I'm really trying to like kind of I don't know. It's it, I I like it when it kind of feels like a workout or something. Like I'm like going uphill and I'm really like actually challenging my brain to do things it can't do and to kind of stretch out to kind of get to new places and I find um, Bach is great for that because I can't do any of it mm, that is but, such great advice yeah the, like that state of mind like that's well there's something yeah. to that state of mind I started I think I you know I took me years before I think I even experienced that kind of practice mm. I mean it I remember feeling it I was working a lot on rhythm and I went through a time in New York where I just got kind of obsessed with it and um, not even necessarily on the instrument I just kind of got in the habit of any time I was traveling anywhere I was just trying to practice rhythm mm -hmm. so um, I kind of came up with my own method for that and I was working on just becoming comfortable with kind of all the groupings um, in kind of from all the different possible subdivisions so thinking about in a basic sense just kind of thinking okay well there's like one through nine. Those are all different groupings, and you could use those in quarter note, you can use them in half notes, you can use them in eighth notes, quarter note triplet, sixteenth notes, and they all have a different feel. Mm -hmm. And I would just try and, when I was on the subway, sometimes I'd have a metronome on, sometimes not, I would just try to feel comfortable uh, over forms, typically simple forms, like a blues or something, mm -hmm. and always be aware of where I was <coughs> harmonically. Mm -hmm. And I came up with just like little rules for myself so that there was like a right and a wrong of it. Um, and I would try and, so you know, like if it was an anticipation, if I was on the and of four, then it's the harmony in front, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I just like, I knew if I was doing it right or wrong. And um, I practiced that probably for about a year, anytime I was on the subway, just trying to do everything, like trying to get through, it sounds simple, but you know, like all the subdivisions and all the uh, different groupings. And that really helped me a lot. But I also remember, you know, when I first started, I'm like, okay, so a blues, whatever, eighth note triplets and five, get through that, um, starting on every partial and, you know, know where you are. That's really, I, when I was first starting, it was like impossible. That's I just impossible. like, I wasn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it at all. Yeah. So, you know, you work on a four bars or two bars, one bar, or, you know, even feeling a middle triplet, you know, is hard at first. Mm. But then... There was something that happened when I was working on that where I was like, this is really hard, but I'm also feeling something where I feel like my uh, 
um, I'm really learning something. Yeah. Like I was really getting, and I could feel the improvement actually kind of quicker when I was in that kind of like pressure practice situation mm. uh, where it was something I totally couldn't do and mm. I was learning it until I could. That was different. I don't know. I mean, I think I definitely practiced more when I was younger, that's for sure. But mm. I don't know if I had that feeling for a long time. Mm. And um, I think that feeling is pretty key to the process. So going back to the boxing, I've just been trying to get that same feeling from practicing, you know, those kind of nuanced. But Do you write in all the fingerings? Uh, no, I haven't. No? No. Uh, that's something I, I, that yeah. I've discovered lately. Is yeah. Just like, you know, just saying that, yes, this is the one I choose. Yeah, this interesting. Is, this is maybe the right-hand finger I choose yeah. to play that note. Yeah. That allows me to get more to the music. Totally. In a way, once definitely, those, I like sometimes, uh, especially with bigger pieces, if you're trying to remember, keep retain all that stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just gonna close this window. Because yeah, of course. The storm's gonna come get us. <laughs> um, I have thought a lot about fingerings. When I was writing the etudes, I wrote in fingerings, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I guess I thought like, you know, if anybody else was ever gonna be looking at it, it would be helpful for to at least have a guide to how mm -hmm. I was, you know because I think it's really important and mm -hmm. it's it's actually it's, it's wild how much of an impact it has um, but for the box stuff I'm I'm super aware of the fingerings I use I haven't written them in but I'm constantly changing them actually too oh. like I I sometimes find myself um, yeah I sometimes find myself realizing that there's a better way to do something mm -hmm. and I like going there I've also been working a lot like this year I, I think I get like kind of like these like weird, um, like little kind of micro obsessions that I kind of follow for a little bit. So yeah. at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of last year, I was like, oh, I got, I haven't, I've checked out Bird, but I haven't really checked out Bird. So I like come up with these like little projects for myself. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gonna learn all the Bird tunes, which is ridiculous. It's a stupid project, but <laughs> anyway, I kind of did it, yeah. sort of. I mean, I don't know. I learned like a lot, and yeah. I've probably lost more than I've. Oh, this is the thing. I mean, was that the right thing to do? Probably not. I forget them. So that was, you know, that wasn't actually probably the most impactful practicing. I did get things out of it, and it was helpful. Um, but I did kind of the same thing this year at the turn of the year. I guess I'm like, you know, my New Year's resolution time or something. I felt the same thing about Lenny Castano and Lee Connors, mm. and that was something I wanted to get deeper into. So I was like, oh, I'm going to learn. I think I learned from my mistakes, not all of them, but I'm going to try and learn a lot of them. Yeah. And um, that was something I've been working on this year quite a bit, and I'm always changing the fingerings. I mean, they're so challenging on the guitar mm -hmm. that, you know, I probably started learning those tunes in January again. I'd learned some of them before, but like really checking it out and trying to get deeper into them. And um, now it's June or whatever it is, July, I don't know, something. Almost July. Yeah, almost July. And um, I'm still changing the fingerings all the time. Right. There, there are just passages I, you know, because I, six months later there will be passages and I'm like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't ringing out to its full potential, mm. you know, like I can tell if I'm not letting a note kind of get its due. Mm. I mean, of course, I'm talking about a note. I'm talking about like a, you know, like a sixteenth note at a brisk tempo and some, you know, crazy intricate harmonic line, but. You know, I'm always striving to try and make everything speak. So, mm. you know, when I'm practicing and it's slowed down, like I at least have the benefit of trying to figure out the best way to do it. And it's wild. I mean, I probably, I can think of some tunes like where there are four bar passages. I've probably changed the position and fingering on the guitar 10 times. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I will probably continue to change it. And it's actually, I learn a lot, especially, you know, yeah, every time it's like you're, realizing a better way to do something and i think that also translates into when you're improvising mm -hmm. so well i mean you're develop also developing the ability to play something you hear in, in a lot of different places totally so cutting down on the what the neck is totally yeah. and you know there's um there are limits to the guitar there are advantages to the guitar it really makes some things easy and it makes some things really hard um and it's just managing those things and trying to figure out the approach that works best for you and I guess that ends up, you know, being kind of your personal sound or whatever. It's like working through those things, the the little uh, personal aspects of your articulation or your right or left hand technique kind of end up being a huge part of what everyone else is hearing. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. We forget that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, for, I forget that. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's kind of, 
That's why I, I feel like that's why the trees and the jazz is here. It's all the tone, it's the right? Tone, the sound, yeah. It's kind of true, you know. Yeah. In the end, that's it like is. what you have. Oh yeah, it. yeah. I know, and it's more and more as time goes on. It's yeah. I realize it's that's those immediate things. I think are the most important. The things mm. that hit you first are the most important. Mm. You know, your rhythm, your sound. I mean, this is you know cliche. Yeah, not nothing new, but it's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it just it means more to me as time goes on. Those things just yeah, I, I care more and more about them. And I and I also appreciate you know when I hear the masters on the instrument, those things are just so always so immediate from mm-hmm. from players. Um, it was great hearing Lage Lund playing at the Rex. Oh, you made week. it down last night. I went both nights. Great. Well, I mean, I was playing before them, so I saw them the first night, and then I, it was so great. I just went back. And, I mean, all those guys. I mean, it's not just a guitar thing, like. There's an immediate aspect to their playing, you know, mm-hmm. sound-wise, rhythm-wise, ideas, even concepts. Yeah. I think that's something, like, I think really great players and really unique players and, and people that um, really stand out in this music, when I think of them, I immediately kind of have, like, a pretty defined concept or, or just idea of kind of what their thing is. Mm. It's simple. It's, like, it's... Uh, yeah, there's like the same kind of like conciseness and, and elegance to that as their to you know their lines or, or mm. anything else or these you know details that we're talking about. But it's just it's easy for me to kind of have a an idea of what they do. So anyway, that's something that I'm trying to strive for. Yeah, know? and I think it is hard to look at yourself and uh, kind of identify like what your concept is. And I don't know, maybe. Maybe that's hard. That's a big question, right? It's a big question. I think of that yeah. as being, you know, I mean, one way to think of that is it's it's just come what comes out after all the crap you've done, all yeah. the stuff you've done. But it's interesting to try to like point yourself towards something and try to get yeah, it, you know? yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, before we uh we call it a day, play one more tune. Sure. Uh, maybe you could let us know. It, is your etude book available? Um, yeah, online? I guess so. Yeah, I have it. People have some people bought it. I never released it. Never <laughs> it? I finished it. You should because well, I, I think mean, I, I, I would yeah. love to get a copy of that. I, I finished. So what I did was I finished it. I wrote um, some little ideas about the method, some things that I came across. Every piece, I kind of did a write up about the challenges that I found in them and and things to be aware of for me that help um, my approach to dynamics or articulation or whatever I found I got out of the piece um, so it was all done and then I don't know I just finished and I didn't really feel like like the hustle of like oh I'm gonna talk to the publishers I just was like whatever you I got a lot of PDF online just, you know you know I have no a, materials yeah. to pay for so you know, yeah I'm gonna I'll print it off you know, yeah like, you know. well you know what so some people have gotten in touch with me since I did it and I have sold copies directly but I have like a better website now with a store and i think i'm going to do that this summer but okay if it yeah i see it is done so you should you should i mean it'll happen yeah and uh the new album what's the best way to get a hold of the new album oh yeah um on my website yeah website yeah Yeah. alexgoodmanmusic.com yeah or you know anywhere that music exists anymore right Right, right. (laughs) hopefully yeah Uh, hopefully off the bandstand yeah just give them 20 bucks right give you a physical copy also that's probably also that yeah Great. Um, all right, so let's just play a yeah. tune and call it a great. day, man. This cool. has been really nice Blast. to talk to you. Yeah, Thank totally. You. Thanks yeah. so much for having me. Did yeah. a great thing. So, yeah. yeah, it's cool. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Blues? Blues. Sure. Why not? <laughs> it could work. Right. Why don't you take a melody? All right. I'm all right. playing too many melodies. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, let's do... Um,
Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.